0: To the Urban Anti Show. I'm your host, Laura Ikata. This show talks about important Native issues and highlights guests that are representing Native people in a wide variety of careers. Featured guests talk about how their Alaska Native culture impacts their work. Listen to all of the Urban Anti Show episodes on Spotify and Urbanantishow.com. Like our Facebook page and follow the Urban Anti Show on Twitter stay up to date on future episodes. Okay, so I'll introduce myself. Laura Ikata Sauza Dehun Danaka heste Deludanith A sesni Ita A Johnny Cata Ina A Misty Carlo Riley Bauza, Setsu Uza Madeline Riley Sitsia Uza James Icata Senior Gela Nulato haten Eslan Fairbanks Lesta So I'm Laura uh, my family's from Nulato and Minto and Taikook, um, but I live in Fairbanks. So I'm a senior at UAF. I'm studying biology, and I'll be graduating in December, and um, I'm the host of the Urban Anti Show. Do you want to introduce
1: yourself? Yeah. <clears throat> Neat Delaware. Johan Echohawk Atkinson, D.Y.U., Lachibu, Duptegu, Metlakatla, Alaska, Tatasa, Pawnee Nation. Hello, I'm happy to be here. My name is Johan Echohawk Atkinson. I'm of the Wolf Clan of the Simpson Nation. Um, I come from the Wolf Band of the Pawnee Nation. And I live in Metlakatla, Alaska. I'm here visiting the Fairbanks to do some uh, outreach to the schools and different um, places throughout the city.
0: Do you want to introduce yourself, do you introduce yourself Renam? Me too. Yeah, if you can oh, be a part yeah. of this conversation.
2: I thought I was just going to meet Johan. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I don't speak my native tongue. That's okay.
1: No reason
2: to say sorry. Uh, Renam Kowalski. My grandmother is Juanita Garfield, and her mother is Virginia Garfield, and her father is Fred Garfield. Um, and my reservation is in Nevada, Fort McDermott, Nevada, and I am Paiute Shoshone. Cool.
0: And so, um, Johan, you mentioned what you're in Fairbanks to do, um, wellness work. Can you talk about how you got there, how you got into that position?
1: Yeah, so, let's see, it all started back in 2013, (laughs) um, when I first got into the wellness field and the prevention work was getting really involved in my Simcian culture and my community. And through that, it just naturally started working with the young people. And working with the young people, it was very easy to see of a need of um, a role model, of a positive male role model at that. You know, because as with most of our communities, if not all our communities, that's one thing that I know that we all could agree on. And there's not enough positive male role models in our communities. So, one thing that really stands out was what what actually my mother always has told me. You know, she says um, you have a responsibility if you're good at something and if you got skills, you got to use them. You know, and I've uh, been able, I've been Very, I feel very fortunate and grateful to be able to be in a position where I can work with the young people, and I am able to uh, visit schools um, and just yeah use my voice in a in a positive manner. Uh, But when I first got into uh, wellness, I started in my community of Metlakatla, and then. doing the outreach through our local uh, c- cultural canoe program, we've been able to work with other communities. And through that program, things started taking off really quickly because when we started working with other communities, I guess the the word of mouth got around. Um, and the work that I was doing uh, with the outreach and prevention work was able to be uh, spread up here, up in Anchorage, Fairbanks, and so. Long story short, um, yeah, uh, w- my wellness work has been able to. Uh, I feel re- I feel very fortunate to be able to spread it throughout Alaska, and that's what brings me here today. Um, being able to work in the schools, tell stories, uh, host workshops for the middle school or high schoolers about self-respect, um, working together. Yeah, and just being healthy human beings. Cool.
0: And what kind of things will you, like, do in your workshop?
1: Oh, let's see. So it all varies when I'm working with grade schoolers. You know, there's a lot of storytelling and getting the young people to be able to learn how to use their own voice, learn how to... um, self-reflect for the first time in their life, you know, because the uh, obviously, you know, K through four, K through five, you know, it's a pretty young age group. So being able to have them, young people reflect back on, um, or start to think for the first time on what strength means, what respect means. And I do that through storytelling, through our songs, just having young people put the words into the air that I believe in myself, or having the young people say, um, "to uh, that I will respect myself," you know. And many times it's the first times that our young people are um, saying those words, and having someone actually uh, be by their side to help them guide through what those words mean as well. And then with the older kids. You know with the middle school high schoolers we we do we kind of go more depth into it um you know again it, it changes with who i'm working with uh you know with the with the older with the older kids uh middle school high schooler you know we could really jump into um emotions you know we could really jump into things that uh the young men and women are experiencing and how to safely navigate through that in a healthy way. You know, what it means to um, feel your feelings, what it means to be able to process your emotions. You know But, but of course, being able to meet them where they're at. So I'm not going to go into uh workshop and be telling everybody, okay, we're going to process our emotions today. You know, there's a way that we go about it, you know, again, through the interactive workshops, uh, uh, activities, and, uh, yeah, it's it's, just, once we get everybody to laugh together, that's been a big one. Once we get everybody to laugh together, then the walls come down, and then everybody is open to, um, to whatever is being taught, whatever is being told. And then, um, finally, I guess with the, uh, one of the, one of my main focuses, especially in my community, is working with the young men and the men. You know, and I've found that through telling my own story, my own healing journey, my own struggles has been able to not only help me stay on this path, stay on uh, the best path that I could possibly be, but help others. And there's, so, yeah, I'm... I'm very open about everything that I've been through, everything I'm going through. You know, because we all go through, you know, hard times. You know, and being honest about that with ourselves and with others helps the people in your circle. You know, and because we've uh, the way society is, you know, we've been told and taught to suppress our emotions and not show any emotions especially with us men, you know, and uh, not show weakness. So being able to just be real with myself has helped me being able to be real with others. And through that, I have uh, I think I've been able to have some success in working with uh, the communities in the whole by, with that approach. Okay. And,
0: yeah, you mentioned... Men's health, men's health, and Indigenous men's health. Can you just like elaborate more on that issue?
1: Yeah. So, in my, well, I'm gonna always go back to my community. You know, we are the only Native reservation in this in, in Alaska, Catla, um, We are a very isolated community, about 1,500 people, and it's island. There's no roads to and from. Once you're on my island, you are on my island. Uh, The only way out or in is by boat or plane. You know, and being able to understand on who I am has helped me understand my responsibilities and my roles as a father, as an uncle, as a community member, and my role as a Native man. Because our communities here in Alaska have always been healthy. I've always said that we haven't lived here for 10,000 years. We've thrived here for 10,000 years. And that's because we've always known who we were. And just in this little sliver of time, you know, through um, colonization through everything that was lost, uh, through the boarding schools, and just a whole generation stolen, multiple generations stolen. You know, this little tiny sliver of time, things have been out of balance. You know, and then that's where we see the numbers of, you know, all forms of hurt and harm. But the more I'm, the more I ask questions, and the more I allow people to ask questions to myself, like the hard questions, you know, like having a close friend, you know tell me you know johan, you know, who are you? you know, who are you as a man, you know my whole entire life, I've been like, mm, I don't know, you know I'm me, you know, and this is what I do, and this is how I do it, but to really take some time to reflect and have close friends that hold me accountable has been able to has helped, helped me tremendously in, in the work that I do um, in understanding, again, my responsibility as a man, as a father, as an uncle, as a community member. You know, because our indigenous communities, the reason why we've always thrived, because we've always had roles and responsibilities. And this was always taught, this was always said, this was always heard um, for for 10,000 years recently, in the last 200 years, things have been out of balance because those aren't being those. The word responsibility isn't as said, said as much as it should. You know, you as a young man have a responsibility to take care of yourself. You as a man have a responsibility to be able to be the best man that you could possibly be, you know, and then thinking about what does that mean? What do I have to do to be the best man? You know, it takes a lot of uh, inner work. It takes a lot of uh, dealing with the trauma that we've all been through. You know, our grandparents have been through, our 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 fathers and mothers have been through. So, um, yeah. So the more I understand who I am, I understand the more responsibilities and what's required of me as a man. And yeah you know, that, that motivates me and is one of the main reasons why I'm here in Fairbanks, uh, doing the work that I do.
0: Cool. And how do you do you have any questions right now? <laughs>
2: do I have any questions? Yeah..
1: yeah some, hard ones.
2: some hard ones. What is the hardest part about being an indigenous man in our modern society?
0: Good question.
1: So, I'm gonna first say, being a man in our society has, is, is hard, you know, because every single human being is born with emotions, happy, sad, anger, you know, there's this huge array of emotions. But as a man, it's very common for us to only be taught and told only feel a couple of those emotions, where we can't feel all the other emotions that every human being is born with. Because it's a, especially in Alaska, you know, being in, um, I, I grew up in a fishing community, you know, I grew up in, um, in the construction world. And I tell you what, that's like the, the toxic of the toxic. You know, the, the most chauvinistic uh, communities that I have ever been in, you know. But that was you know, that's just because of men not knowing who they are. Um, that's just how I feel. It's just men not knowing their responsibilities and who they are. That um, doesn't mean that they're a bad person because you don't know what you don't know. Many people ha- aren't aren't just told um, that they have a responsibility. Uh, aren't told of why you need to show why you need to be respectful. Not just be told, or and they've only been told you have to be respectful. Well, let's 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 dig a little deeper. You know why should I be respectful? You know and and and, and how that could affect me, my community, my circle, my friends, my family. Um, so. Yeah, I'm going to have to answer that as, as, uh, as what's hard about being a man in general. Because there's a lot of close friends of mine who have helped me on my path and who I, have, who I continue to network with uh, who are um, non-Native, you know, from different heritages. And, yeah, that's something that we talk about often know, about getting past that stigma and just us as men just being us. Just just being who you are, you know, and being and, and, and honoring that. You know, not ashamed of um, feeling our feelings, you know, not ashamed of going through hard times, you know, now I'm not saying for for all of us to uh for every man to, you know, sit there and cry every night. No, it's um but allow yourself to be you, you know? And there's there's men in my circle who still live um, uh, lives that are not to their full potential, but the fact that they are willing to even look in that direction, uh, to me, that's huge. That's something that I celebrate, you know? And because and, um, I've, I've come to learn that you can't, Help everybody, and you know what I I almost don't, don't like saying that. You know, it's but um, there just there there needs to be more of us men in this field. You know, more of us men holding each other accountable, more of us men holding ourselves accountable, and what that means. And I've been very fortunate to have uh, friends that have held me accountable for my actions. The fact that I can do that with other men in my circle is such a great thing, you know. Being able to just be real with each other, you know. Being able to uh, take my generation and other men in my circle, m- in our generation, in that direction is definitely a big change, and it's uh, there's there's no doubt there's. Um, stigma behind that still when, when, when you do it publicly but it's something that needs to be done and we continue to do that and then maybe we won't maybe it won't be so hard to be a man in today's society
2: I think it's really fair to say that that's just a huge struggle because the way our society is right now especially with colonization and everything is you have to be a very certain type of man just like you were saying and it's hard to really fully be yourself when you're told that you need to live a certain way and like be in this little box that doesn't allow you to have that full range of you there. It's like you cut off pieces of yourself to fit into this mold that isn't even your shape and that's got to be really hard and I always try to reflect on that too that like our society Creates our toxic men, and doesn't give them the tools to get out of that toxicity. How do you think that women play a role in also perpetuating toxic masculinity?
1: No, I think it just um, comes to mind is. Everything that was lost, you know, not just with our men, but with our roles uh, as a community, as a society, you know, because not only do what's on my mind every day is for us to bring back um, my role and have my responsibility as a man, as a father, as an uncle, but it's, it's fair to say that a lot of uh, women also have that same trauma that our grandparents went through, our parents went through, that they have to overcome, that they have to face. Um, you know, But I, I, I've never directly have working with um, women in that sense. So... I, I don't feel like that I could truly speak on the best approach um, I'm still learning myself you know I'm, I'm still navigating the best I can but I'll say this though having women hold me accountable I have close sisters that are not afraid to ask real questions not afraid to be able to hold us as men accountable because when us as men hold each other accountable that's that's powerful and that needs to happen more lot of the questions and a lot of things that we've been able to hold ourselves accountable with, I've been able to do that from the questions that I've learned and that I've listened to from the woman holding us accountable. Like, they, they start that conversation off. Um, you know, there's a lot more women in the prevention and wellness field Absolutely. throughout this, uh, this nation. So the, the women across this nation are, are leading the fight and bringing back balance and wellness to our communities. So, um, us myself as a man, you know, I, I am constantly learning from uh, the women who are leading the fight and bringing back wellness. And in fact, I'm um, speaking on that. Speaking on that, I want to share some of an experience that I had that was some of the best advice I have ever received has come from a woman it was uh, I was sitting listening to a panel, and it was my cousin Colleen actually she was on a panel, and she got asked in front of an audience of about a hundred men what do you need from men Ooh. just a question a flat out question, and it was dead silent it was it was it was great all all of us men were. We were on the edge of our seats listening. <laughs> can't wait to hear what this powerful indigenous woman who has been in the wellness field for quite some time, to what she was going to say. It was great. She grabbed the mic and she stood up and she looked at all of us men and she says, we just need you all to show up. Just show up. Even if you don't know what to say, even if you feel like that you can't make a difference, just show up mm-hmm. because If you do that, you're going to come across men who are on good paths, who can help you, and your presence stating that you want to walk a better path, showing up to uh, wellness conferences, showing up to um, spaces that teach you about self-respect, just showing up to anything that promotes empowering your community, was 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 some of the was the best advice I've ever received you know because a lot of times us men when we hear about we have to be the change, we have to take these steps well a lot of times men think, oh what does that mean you know how can I make a difference you know and it's it's just me you know well we have to understand and I, I, I always share that story with, with other men, just the fact that you are willing to show up and learn and better yourself, you know, and you you don't even have to say anything, like, mm-hmm. you could just even show up and help set up the chairs, put the chairs away, just be in the presence of other men who are trying to be- better themselves, you know, because that's what we're doing, you know, us, us as men who are involved in this wellness work, you know, we we, we not only are we doing it for our communities, but we're doing it for ourselves as well. You know, because um, this path that I'm on, I'm doing my best to stay on, you know, and I, I am constantly healing my myself to the best of my ability, and that's from showing up, being in spaces with other people, other wellness workers, other men, other women who have been on this path, who I could learn from, who can help me grow. As a man, uncle, community member, or father, just by showing up, you know, first step, we as men have to start showing up.
2: That's great. I do have one more question. I do have to jet after this. But what has been your journey navigating toxic masculinity and all the other things that we talked about?
1: today yeah it's been a lot of healing a lot of emotions
2: what does that look like
1: (laughs) it's uh it's 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 a very hard path you know no doubt about it you know it's being able to overcome your own uh, your own issues your own um, toxic behaviors because us as men, a lot of time, many times, we don't have any male role models in our community to tell us what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. So growing up with just the uh, just with the locker room top, growing up with the lack of respect um, for. Other community members for women, you know, just for the lack and that lack of respect for ourselves, you know and uh and mm. in in my own healing journey and in my own path, you know I had to really look and take and analyze on what I was taught and most importantly what I wasn't taught mm. and that was um and that's not easy, you know it's, it it was. But the best thing that I did was, as a man, was put myself to counseling. You know, and I, 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 and there's a stigma on that as well. You know, but I, I, I'm very open with my healing journey. You know, myself as a man, you know, put myself through counseling where I could have someone that I could trust to help me guide through my thoughts and process my emotions in a way that I needed to do to heal them, to uh, overcome them. Being able to trans- turn all that anger and hurt um, into a more understanding uh, emotion, where it's where it where, where it doesn't feel like anger and hurt anymore. But you know, but yeah, like, like I was saying, you know, this is um, to, in order to in order to do the to do the work, you have to become the work order for me to continue this, stay on this journey of healing and wellness, then I got to make sure that my heart and that I'm staying constantly trying to heal myself from everything that I was taught and wasn't taught.
0: So I'm writing a paper right now as a part of my capstone to graduate on culture as wellness. And so in my paper, I talk about colonization and boarding schools that have been used to assimilate Native people. And I talk about just how our cultural practices were taken away. But you bring a unique perspective on Indigenous men. And so um, one of my friends told me once that it's hard for indigenous men to connect to their culture because like fishing is regulated and hunting is regulated. And so I'm just wondering how you use culture as wellness and how you carry your culture with you and use your culture to heal.
1: Yeah. So there's more to culture than what we could see the singing, the drumming, um, the canoe journeys, and I'm speaking from my Simshian perspective down in Southeast Alaska. You know, and putting on regalia, you know, and what's beneath that is having an understanding of why we're putting on our regalia to begin with and what that means. Um, And uh, learning our language, you know, and, and there's so many different parts of our heritage and our culture excuse me, uh, that needs to be brought back. <clears throat> and just from my own personal experience was the desire was always there And I know that when we hear our songs being sung and the drums being played and our drum groups and our dance groups are honoring that part of their heritage and culture. You know, it it wakes a part of us up, it brings it to life and it feels so healing and beautiful to be around that. But a lot of us, well, I must speak for myself. You know, I never got involved in that up until I was already a man, you know, uh, 30 years old. And once I started getting involved into my culture and understanding my heritage, and then that's when it helps. People realize that there's more to than what we see. It's, I've seen a picture of this iceberg, and that's a perfect example. You know we see ten um, percent of the iceberg out of the water. you know ninety percent of it is underwater, and what we see is you know the singing, the regalia, the dancing, but under that, you know it's the respect. It's the self-respect. Um, it's the kindness. It's the laughter. It's the self-reflection. It's the healing. It's the strength. All that is comes to life. Becomes a more. Uh, is able to be understood more. When you start taking that step toward um, our culture, you know, and, and and I almost want to when I say my culture. As a, me, as an Indigenous man, is understanding who who I am. You know, because that, that's that's who I am. You know, I'm my heritage, I'm my culture, and yeah, it was uh, now now when I sing and I dance, or partake in any part of that, that you could see, there's so much more below that, that I had to learn, uh, overcome grow that comes with um, understanding who I am understanding the culture
0: cool thank you and um, yeah as you were talking you mentioned a lot of things you value like self-respect and respect for other people and uh, I think you mentioned humor those are like, those are native values too. Like when I think of the Athabascan values, and those are listed on there. And so you're like really integrating, <laughs> it's all connected, culture and wellness and our, just our well being. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts you want to put out there?
1: Yeah, you know, it's. I know that all of us wellness workers, anybody in the prevention field, especially us men, you know, it, sometimes it could feel lonely at times, especially in our, our rural Indigenous communities and living in Malakala. You know, like I said, it was—it's uh, a very—it's isolated, small village, one store. Uh, everybody knows each other. Um, everybody knows. What you're doing sometimes before you're even doing it, but to be being able to take all that and use it in a good way, because if if everybody knows what you're doing in your small rural community, then start doing good, because everybody will know that. You know, then start holding yourself accountable, because everybody will continue to have our small communities will can will. We'll never stop being like that, you know. So, be, so use how our communities are structured to our advantage to be able to better our communities, to be able to better ourselves, you know. And us as men, you know, this is uh, this is our call of action. Is start showing up, start showing up, and asking ourselves a hard question who are you as a father who are you as a man who are you as a human being and when you ask those questions you know like when i asked myself those questions you know uh, immediately i started thinking about my flaws you know but and but that's okay because it's okay if you address them and if you take the steps and analyze what you need to do to overcome them and one of the best things we could do especially for us men asking for help I wouldn't have been able to be where I am at and doing the work that I am doing if I didn't ask for help if it wasn't for my brothers and my close friends other men that have been there for me um, you know that, that have have allowed me to be me to process my emotions to shed tears to be vulnerable you know and and now there's that brotherhood there's that Connection, that trust, that will never go away, you know, and and we will always have each other's back, you know. There'll always be from there, they will always be there for me. I'll be there for them, you know. And that's the kind of communities that we need. We need to be able to bring back because that's the kind of communities we've always had. Again, for ten thousand plus years, it wasn't up, to, up until this little sliver of time. And we had to remember that this little tiny sliver of time, things have been out of balance. But we all come from strong people. That strength, that those values, they're all sitting in our DNA waiting to be woken up, you know, waiting to be able to take control and help us walk on this path of healing and strength. You know, we all have it in us, every single one of us. You know, sometimes we just need help taking that first step. And that is okay, perfectly okay, you know. And if you're already on that journey, then go help a brother, go help a sister, you know. Take that first step, and us being real with ourselves, uh, being able to share things that are not usually spoken on in our circles, you know. Being able to talk about our healing journeys, talk about our struggles helps our communities you know um just get rid of that stigma just just be you you know we're all beautiful human beings let's 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 honor that and let's honor each other
0: cool thank you and how can like schools contact you to get them to get you to do workshops in their schools
1: yeah so (coughs) um they have been contacting me through our nonprofit uh webpage. Uh, I am the president of a nonprofit called Lawida in Southeast Alaska and on our webpage lawida.com, it has a description of the workshops that I am working with all of our programs, our mentorship program, our um, our elders program. And yeah in in our and it, to, and, and it has a rundown of everything that we're involved with. Yeah, so, and our email's on there, you know, and I'll be uh, doing what I can and where I can, because that's all we can do, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you.